Hello everyone, this is Songs from a Room, an intimate singer-songwriter showcase where I, Bob Palos, invite very talented artists to the podcast for a one-on-one. We'll learn a little about each artist, what inspires them, what brought them to play the music they play, and the moments that led them to write the songs they wrote. Then finally, to play me a song from a room. My girlfriend yells at me all the time for mumbling at least when I talk. Yeah, my, yeah, <laughs> mine too. I think that's just, it, that's called not saying what you really want to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably true. That it should yeah. be. Are you mumbling? <laughs> yeah, that's all it was. <laughs> uh, all right, let's do the, Let's do this. Uh, we're in my apartment. I'm with Peter Sigmund, a.k.a. the lowliest one. Uh, the lowliest? Yeah, yeah, if it's, uh, I guess it was, me when I was first starting off with this project, I was trying to, you know, do a sound that was, like, pretty minimalistic and just myself, which it's that, certainly not that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little more produced now, or you have more, like, parts, or? Yeah, it definitely got, um, like, more amplified, uh, yeah, obviously, like, playing with a, an amp these days <laughs> as opposed to, like, just, you know, doing the acoustic guitar. Yeah. Uh, but then getting, like, very, like, fine-tuned with, like, the type of sound I'm doing. So, like, heavy reverb amp, then, you know, some other pedals for, you know, distortion. But when you started out, you were just the lowliest one. Using my first name, or my full name um, at first, and then I eventually was like, oh, no, I want this to be, like, an act. Like, Shaky Graves was a big inspiration at the time. So I was oh, like, ah, yeah. do something like that, and... I even had the suitcase drum kit for a little bit that I was playing with my heels. <laughs> I remember that. I remember you. Yeah, you. It would just be you. Yeah, you had the the. Yeah, it was just a the kick drum up against a suitcase. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, you you set that solid vibe. So you you were trying. You were thinking of just the. What was the word for it? So uh, the lowliest one was like the image you were trying to create. Uh, well. It's funny because thinking back to it, it, there is like a heavy image with that sort of name, but I wasn't thinking of an image. I was thinking more of like the type of project that it was going to be. Yeah. Minimalistic, but you know, no actual imagery with it. Because at the time I wasn't writing like depressing songs or anything like that or anything that felt heavy. You know, it was like traditional Americana folk stuff. Yeah, and now it's. Uh, I think the music I write now is very fitting for the the name, the loveliest one. <laughs> so you grew into the name. Yeah, unintentionally, but I guess <laughs> it works out. I don't. I don't know. As an artist, is like multiple, doing multiple things. They're all projects. You can be painting, and then uh, you can be a, a singer songwriter. But you like categorized your pro- your singer songwriter ness as a project. Yeah, well, that's actually part of the reason why I wanted to create some sort of like stage name or whatever. So, if I ever wanted to do something as Peter Sigmund, like that could just be its standalone thing and not necessarily be associated with Mm. other arts that I do. Yeah. So, like, I can just funnel everything into the lowliest one. If I ever want to branch away from that, that can become its own project. That's smart. Yeah. Because even if, like, you just want to become an actor or a. A business executive. <laughs> there's Peter Sigmund, and then there's the loneliest, the the lowliest one. Yeah, you moved here from Long Island. Uh, what was that six years ago? I think this spring's gonna be seven. I was living in 
a crappy like basement type of apartment for almost four years and then I've been in my current place for like this uh, this February will be three years oh, okay well, nice time flies yeah it does it really does you grew up in Long Island yep yep born in uh Baldwin New York which is uh right around like the uh the Queens Nassau border so okay, like yeah 40 minute LIRR train right into the city what was uh what was life like growing up in Long Island uh I don't know, probably not that <laughs> unique or anything other than uh at least my my particular town is pretty diverse. Um no like true majority or minority sort of thing. Just a big old mixed pot of yeah. ethnicities. Were you uh, playing uh, music out there growing up? Yeah. Um I started uh, I guess an earlier age, like I think 3rd grade I picked up the saxophone and was doing that stuff, you know, playing in the band and then eventually in some jazz bands and uh then I discovered, you know, good old rock and roll, and <laughs> yeah. uh, wanted to to get into that. And I picked up drums. I was terrible at it, like so bad. I remember trying to start a band with some people, and uh, <laughs> our bass player was mediocre at bass. To, to it's a it high kindly. school band, you know. Uh, middle school, middle school. Oh, middle school. school. Okay, yeah. yeah. And so uh, one one band practice, we decided to swap drums and bass. And for whatever reason, the bass just like I picked it up right away without any lessons and. He was a better drummer than I was, so then I switched over to bass. Yeah, there you go. Was it, what what made you bad at drums? Was it just? It was the multitasking, like yeah, it's a my, lot. My my hands could barely coordinate together, and then like you're you're gonna add the feet in there. It was just like no. Nah. Yeah. No. Yeah, dude, it's a lot at once. Uh, tapping your head and rubbing your belly. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. It was it wasn't pretty. Did a lot of like local gigs. Actually, uh, one of the guitarists in the band, his dad, I think, worked for like Optimum or something like that. And uh, we made a little like EP, and he got it to like Fuse, because oh, you yeah, know that nice. nice throwback right there. Yeah, Fuse. And uh, they really liked us, and they were trying to get us to come in and like meet with some record labels. But we were sixteen-year-old idiots, and just like, ah, we don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, now nah, we're done. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have fell into the sound that I'm at now had I had that band not fallen apart yeah was, you'd, uh, you'd probably probably still be mostly a bass player uh, yeah I didn't pick up guitar until after the band broke up and I was like well I still want to do music but like I can't really lead too much like in songwriting if I'm just playing the bass yeah into the front yeah now and then I was a one-man act for a bit the lowliest one <laughs> I just got a suitcase a kick drum and here we are uh yeah that's great and then so you just put out an album like a year ago right yeah well about this time last year i was wrapping up in the studio with all the mixing and starting to send stuff over to uh the pressing factory but uh yeah this end of march will be the the one year anniversary of the uh the first album nice and that's available on Bandcamp. any Spotify, any of those streaming all the platforms yeah 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 it's a it's a double lp it's about 55 minutes long just you know, a little ambitious for your first album, but you know, go big or go home. <laughs> yeah. Are any is, is the song you're gonna do tonight? Uh, is that on the on this LP? Yep. Yep. I don't have too many others that I guess I I play these days that that aren't on it. Although I'm trying to s- start working on a uh, a new album. Yeah, you're accruing for the for the next one. Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's hear the first song. Uh, what's I don't know if you have one planned just yet, or we need. Yeah, to... no, I could. Uh, Hold you minds a 
the one that I typically go for. Hold you mind. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's hear. Let's hear this first one, and we'll uh, we'll discuss it. Hold you mind. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Let's. Uh, yeah. Let's listen to it. All righty. <laughs> you mind uh what inspired that song um well there's probably like three or four tracks of the whole album that had to do with a breakup and you know trying to to move on and reminiscing being nostalgic so that was you know very much in, in reference to to all that and things you could have done differently um yeah so that's kind of what it is you know trying to wish you could like replay some like key moments in a relationship that started to like turn it down paths that you know you weren't ever going to come back from yeah oh yeah nostalgically regretful kinda. yeah it's yeah. often my my frame of mind <laughs> it's good <laughs> good place yeah good place to write songs uh not a great place to be <laughs> no no but it's a beautiful song yeah thank you that's yeah thank that's you. great uh and so a lot of this album is kind of you feel like it's focused towards that or 
Uh, no, probably only like three or four tracks out of a fourteen-track album. Yeah. Um, the rest of it's more about kind of being overly cynical about you know life and how people conduct themselves and things like that, or yeah. something like the opening track where it's more of uh, trying to ask the listener to like take a step back, like let that on your guard and like jump into this whole experience and get in, in tune with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, not not too much of it's about heart heartbreak you started playing it was just you beating on a suitcase but you have a full band for the album uh yeah for the most part um so it's one guitar that was recorded through like a few different channels all at once which is a cool process because i think there's like five takes on the guitar oh yeah um and then vocals i had a drum machine i also hired a drummer to play on it and uh I hired a keyboard player to like do some synth stuff. Uh, actually, uh, Sam Wolf, you you probably know. Yeah, yeah. That name. So it wasn't like uh, and everything was recorded separately, um, which, looking back, was not the right way to do things. But I, I liked the the finished product, but it just <laughs> took a lot longer, which is also you know a lot more money. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot more money, more studio time. There's pros and cons to both. Uh, you can lay down each track individually, and it can feel more precise. Uh, but there's something about the room sound. I mean, there's definitely things I would have done differently with the whole recording process, but I, to a certain extent, I like how separately we did everything because, mm-hmm. like, it really allowed us to, like, fine-tune the guitar and vocals, which is such, like, a key part of the album. Yeah. As well as the, the drums, so just being able to spend, like, hours and hours on that stuff was... You get to be more meticulous. In yeah, life. like, drill down into, like... How long did that crash, you know, ring out for? And do we want to make that like crunchier or whatever it was? Like, yeah. And then with room sound editing is kind of like there's kind of the takes to take sometimes. Yeah. No matter how refined you get to it, which yeah. you can, I mean, you can do a lot in editing these yeah. days. But room it, sounds room sound. Exactly, and it was cool. Like one of the things we got to do. Um, so I got to borrow this guy's uh, like old silver tone amp that just had this beautiful reverb on it and uh we actually ran all the drums and i think the vocals or maybe just all the vocals and like one or two drum takes through it um so you just have this like really cool reverb effect on instruments that don't necessarily belong like running through an amp (laughs) yeah yeah this is the first time you recorded your your stuff in a studio or have you you've done like demos and stuff or i've done some demos just in my apartment or at a friend's like place um, yeah who was like trying to be an upcoming producer uh, and like growing up at that band and we did, you know, an actual, um, EP or whatever through studio. Mm-hmm. But this was the first time doing it like, so in like a, a real studio and just doing it on my own and like actually calling the shots, which was like an interesting process trying to like learn all of that stuff yeah, and be yeah. like the leader of the whole thing while also like just being genuinely confused about the whole process. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was the first time doing all that and. It was it was really cool, and I got to do everything in Greenpoint. I live in Greenpoint, so like, I recorded in Greenpoint. I got to do mastering in Greenpoint, and then I pressed the vinyl. Um, I forget where it is in Brooklyn, but you know it was nice like keeping everything kind of like home base. Yeah, a Brooklyn made. Exactly. Seven years ago, me would not have thought this was ever gonna happen. <laughs> like, pressing a vinyl album, like, no. Yeah. And like, I actually uh, one of my favorite singer songwriters, I found on like i i saw him on the subway i'm like i'm pretty sure that's like keith cirillo the shivers and oh, wow. uh 
So I actually, I went up to him and said, hey, and whatnot. And so he's actually the one that, that hooked me up with the studio. He really? lent me his amp. Um, he, I hired him as a producer for like two or three days in the, in the whole thing. Send him some tracks to like review because he awesome. uh, he was overseas for a bit of time, so like yeah again like just never would have thought any of this would have happened. Yeah, boom boom, that's that's New York baby. <laughs> do you have do you have another song in the in the bank? That's no, I only have one song for a <laughs> yeah. fifty five minute album. Yeah, the whole album is <laughs> one song. Uh, yeah, but let's hear another one. Uh, yeah, sure. Do uh, I think I titled it uh, "Dreaming of Dreams." Dreaming of Dreams. Uh, what and is there a, a theme you want to explain before or? It was a time, I guess. Uh, I was like never sleeping. Like I could probably operate on like two or three hours of sleep. I used to go out until like two or three o'clock in the morning, and then I wake up at six a.m. to drive out to a job on Long Island. Yikes. And, like, I was just doing that a few nights a week. Like, I was pretty much going out every single night of the week. But, like, I'd stay out real late, like, at least three or four nights during, like, the working week. Yeah. Um, Six in the morning. Can't do that anymore. <laughs> nope. Um, and so, like, I just never slept a lot. And then even nights where I went to bed at a good hour, like, I, every two hours I'd wake up. And I'm sure that meant, you know trouble up in the head or whatever (laughs) but genuinely this song is just like wanting to sleep and like not being able to but kind of like wanting someone to like kind of take care of you and put you to sleep at the same time i don't know there's there's a few different things that are going on with it but it's (laughs) rooted in i really just want to sleep (laughs) (laughs) all right let's hear it
There's like a sleepy restlessness to the song. I feel like that definitely follows through. <laughs> Truth in the art and the theme will find itself. Or it does feel exactly what you're talking about, whether you intended it to or not. But, you know. Uh, so all these, both these songs are like, they're on this, uh, your debut album. Uh, and considering it being your first album, is it's got to be some of these songs you've had, you've been accumulating for a while, right? Um, yeah, so actually, when I first moved to Brooklyn, I hadn't written, like, any songs. Really? Yeah, and the first year, I didn't write any songs. And then eventually I was like, stop sitting on your ass and, like, try and write some songs and go to open mics. Um, So I'd say the oldest song that was on the album was probably, like, three years old. Wow. With uh, something like Hold You Mine, I wrote two weeks before going into the studio wow really that's awesome so but so like then like you came here like playing but never thinking you'd be a singer-songwriter or never thinking about it i guess yeah what i had known was that like i wanted to do music yeah and i'm very picky or particular on like what i do and like the visions that i have so i just never fully aligned with like any musicians that I would meet, like do some jams or whatever. Yeah. Like they're fun, but like it was never going to amount to anything more than just like 
fun rocking on some chords. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then I was just like, ah, screw it. I'll start doing it, you know, solo after seeing someone like Shaky Graves doing such a, like, a solo thing, but getting such a, like, a full sound with it. Yeah. So when did you start feeling like, it was there a moment where it shifted deciding to be a songwriter? I, well, I think there might have been, like, a few defining moments throughout the process, but, like, I I wanted to play music, and especially being in Brooklyn, it's all about, you know, original content. Yeah. So I was like, well, if I want to book, you know, a 30, 45-minute gig, like, I need to have at least 30 minutes of original content. So then I started to write stuff to be able to fill that time, but I never considered myself, like, a songwriter during that process. I just, like, wanted to be on stage playing music. So you started writing music to be on stage, and then the songwriting took over. And then it it became fun, and you know I didn't necessarily like a lot of the th- songs that I was writing, but it, you know you just wanted to get on stage, and then it's like okay, well, yeah. what do I like to write? What what's like my voice? And you start like iterating on that, I guess. Not that I thought I was iterating on it at the time, but you know looking back at it, that's all, what, yeah, you're uh, finding your voice to be on stage. Yeah, and then uh, something like Dan King. After I got so I. I remember, uh, I think Bonnie Vare had a, uh, a resonator guitar on his, like, 4M album, and I love the tone of that, so I wanted to get a resonator guitar, so I finally got one of those, and then Dan King recommended uh, this tuning of open D, because that's, like, a, a very bluesy thing, and a lot of, like, resonator, like, slide guitars play on that. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, but then he also recommended trying to do open D minor, which is... Oh, yeah. This is, and at that point, I think that was, like, big shift in my songwriting because like that just opened up a whole new spectrum you felt it yeah and it was just like that was such the mood that i wanted yeah out of things that like that's really what kicked everything into gear on like writing songs so ever i don't think i there's one song that i wrote before discovering this tuning that made it onto the album and then everything else that i wrote like after finding this tuning like made its way onto the album okay yeah so yeah, you f- you found your key. Well, all right, man. Thanks for uh, sharing that music with us and your journey. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks. Yeah, thanks no. for having me. Yeah, no, thank you. That was Peter Sigmund, the lowliest one. Uh, you check out his album. It's called Shuffle the Lines. Shuffle the Lines on Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, all those things. Ch- check that out. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been another episode of Songs from a Room. And that those have been the lowliest ones, Songs from a Room. Uh, yeah, I guess it's over now. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This was Songs from a Room. Thank you to Ben Shapiro for providing all the theme music. Any inquiries, just email us at songsfromaroompodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned, dialed up, and downloaded for the next episode. Bye.